Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me back in Los Angeles, thank goodness, is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Welcome back, Katie. Thank you. Back in sunny LA. Yeah, um, last week the show uh, was interesting (laughs) in that Katie was in New York and I was still here and we did it effectively over the phone yeah but it was just such a stilted conversation it's so hard to like like i i couldn't like laugh at what you said or like break in to interject i mean i guess we could but it's just been so long since we've done a show where we were in two different cities um because that's the way we used to do the show with jason right jason lipschutz um who funny enough i mentioned jason's name and he actually is back on the show this week um i'll tell you about that in a second but um yeah it was just weird um <laughs> it's very nice to be back in the same room yeah. i can definitely say that um well um i'm happy that you're back um and uh as always the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion or sometimes a stilted discussion over the phone <laughs> about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we welcome not one, but two special guests. Yeah! <sighs> uh, Nasri Atwe, a frontman of the band Magic, called in to talk about the group's new single, Lay You Down Easy, and their upcoming second album, Primary Colors. He, I have to say, he was a very lovely gentleman to speak with, um, and very chatty. I've talked to him on red carpets before. Same, and um, he's always really super nice. Awesome then, too. Like, all, all the guys in that band are very nice, yes. and he's... Um, they're Canadian. They're Canadian. <laughs> that's why they're so nice. That's why they're nice. <laughs> um, well, stay tuned for that. Um, that's coming up later in the show. Plus... Uh, the OG pop shopper himself, Jason Lipschutz, uh, returns to the show. Uh, Jason actually stopped by the office last week here in L.A. while Katie was in New York. We switched spots for the week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he and I chatted about the summer music festival season kicking off with Coachella this past weekend. Um, and Jason actually was in town to attend the first weekend of the two-weekend shindig. Um, we talk about uh, Coachella 2016 during our chat with Jason. Um, but Coachella this year was headlined and continues to be headlined because it's three weekends. Um, by three. El- three. Three. Uh, two weekends. Suddenly I made, I did just, I expanded Coachella to <laughs> three. I mean, there three. was Stagecoach on weekend three. <laughs> right. So I guess if you just lump it all together. Yeah, LCD Sound System, uh, Guns N' Roses, and Calvin Harris. Mm-hmm headlined uh, the show uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I caught snippets of the show on, um, they had a live stream on Coachella.com through YouTube. I saw snippets of the Sia performance from Sunday, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Also, it was just cool to see Guns N' Roses perform with Slash and Axel and Duff. And they brought out Angus Young from ACDC. Because Axel is going to go sing for for ACDC this summer. Now that Axel's just back, he's going to go all the way in and tour with two gigantic groups. Why Why not? not? He's got all the time. He might have broken his ankle or something, but he can still tour with all these groups at the same time. I have to I have to say, you know, I wonder if 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 how Axel is restrained to a chair, if that's actually making the shows sonically any better because his voice and he's not going to be out of breath. That's like, true. Like he's he can like maybe sustain like hold on to those sustained notes longer and hit hit the notes. Well, people seem to love it, so yeah. yeah. 
Um, I actually was just editing our 11 best moments from Coachella for Billboard.com. It's live on the site now. Go check it out. But um, it was making me wonder whether there are going to be as many surprises in Weekend 2 because I wonder if... Does Rihanna come back again out with Calvin Harris? Does Probably Kanye not. come out again? You know, like, do all these things happen again? Or, like, do they bring out new surprise guests? Or does nothing happen? And do you feel bad you paid the same amount for Weekend 2 tickets if none of that stuff happens again? I'm going to I'm gonna guess that they probably, they, they probably think organizers and bookers mm-hmm. and whatever are probably thinking the exact same thing you just said. Yeah. So they're probably, there's probably an effort to get different acts to show up. Yeah. So Calvin Harris might bring out, you know, Florence from Florence the Machine or something. Sure. Or someone else. Or, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, Guns N' Roses brings out a different special guest. I think that's, you know, because you want each weekend to be special and unique at the same time have, you know, what was, you know, promised to you in the first place so like you know guns and roses will be there if anything else happens in their set then that's just gravy yeah i think that's true i think and you know it's another reason to pay close attention to weekend two because new exciting things could happen then who knows maybe the second weekend will feature like like all the original members of guns and roses will show up Maybe Taylor will come out on stage with Calvin Harris. I think I, I was I was I was thinking that like I assume that Taylor would show up. Taylor Swift would show she up during Calvin Harris. There set. she was dancing. They, there was awesome footage of her dancing to Rihanna. Maybe like maybe next weekend Calvin Harris and Taylor Swift debut a new single together. Yep, yep. you heard it here first. Fantasy pop, <laughs> pop shop. Um, well, in addition to the two interviews that we just talked about and Jason coming back, we'll also be discussing. Um, chart news, of course. The Lumineers debut at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with their second album, Cleopatra, coming at you. Cleopatra, coming at you. Um, and how... <laughs> We're the only two people in the world no who know that one song. Else, no one else will know that. Um, and how Kanye West, The Life of Pablo, takes a tumble from number one on the chart. Uh, plus, how long will Rihanna's work reign on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? Well, if Designer has his way, his Panda track could bump Rihanna from the top slot in short order. The gap at the top of the chart is narrowing, and we will dive into the numbers later on in the show. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss a single episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And you can even tweet about us, say nice things about us to your friends, tell a friend, Send a link. Share the love. I don't know. Um, if you have any questions for us, you can tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. That's K and T, not KT, K-A-T-I-E. But I got too clever with, with Twitter. Well, was was Katie Atkinson already taken? <laughs> no, I just, I've always done KT and my email addresses too. It's just oh. a thing. Oh. <laughs> it's my thing. Um, I, I wish my uh, Twitter handle wasn't so long. It takes up too many characters. You know, when I was in New York, KT Tunstall actually performed in the office while I was there. Really? So, yes, my fellow KT. Did you introduce yourself as like, hi, I'm Katie? I'm also KT. No, I did not. She was awesome, though. Hmm. She played a new song, and she also played um, Suddenly I See. Oh, ah. it was super fun. Wow. Um, well, if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcast. And also, you can go to the podcast hub on Billboard.com, where, in fact, more podcasts live. Because um, not all of our podcasts, strangely, are at that, at that iTunes link, believe it or not. Like, Might our, need to fix that. We're, we're go- I think we're going to look into <laughs> fixing that. 
Um, but they're all on Billboard.com, so you can find them all there. Um, first up, let's talk about the Lumineers at number one on the Billboard 200 chart. I think if you had asked the average Joe Schmo a few months ago, hey, the Lumineers have a new album. You think they could have a number one? I think the average person might be like, who? Huh? But if you asked our intern Morgan, she would have said, yup. Yup. Because <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> She's like, yup. The ho hey kids. Come on. Um, well, yeah, the Lumineers debut at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with uh, uh, Cleopatra. And it's, I'm all Cleopatra. Coming Come at, at you. you know, Who's terrible. saying that? Cleopatra. Oh, it was actually called. Yeah. What's <laughs> Cleopatra? It was a sister trio I totally from the UK. remember that video, like, vividly. They were on Maverick Records, oh Madonna's record label. So good. And the song was called Cleopatra's Theme. I sing it, like, once a week. Wow. <laughs> That's... Anytime I think of the phrase coming at you, I sing it. Cleopatra debuts at number one with 125,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending April 14th, according to Nielsen Music. And of that sum, 108,000 were in traditional album sales. Now, that's a pretty pretty nice number um, for a band that I think most folks would probably argue is best known for one song, right? Ho Hey, right? Uh, which was a huge hit, um, and it has you know it, it reached top five on the Hot 100 chart. It has sold d- bajillions of downloads, not bajillions, but you know a lot, approximately a bajillion, approximately a bajillion. <laughs> Katie had a very serious look on her face. Um, <laughs> Um, you're funny. Um, their, the, the Lumineers' first album, which was a, their self-titled debut, was released in 2012, and it peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 the following year as Ho Hey was building up steam. Um, Ho Hey, as I mentioned, was top five. It actually reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100. And, you know, the, the new album isn't quite off to, you know, a huge, like, uh, start at, you know, radio uh, in terms of like multi-genre format appeal. Uh, their new single, Ophelia, is doing pretty well at adult alternative radio, which is also known as AAA radio. Um, it's been number one, I think, for like the past six or seven weeks. Um, but in terms of like top 40 airplay, it's not really there yet, which isn't terribly surprising. I, I mean, suppose. I wonder if it'll have another slow burn kind of thing like Hohe oh, hey, did. It was very you know, slow burn. Built up. Um but yeah, so the Lumineers uh, get their first number one album. It's also the first number one for the Dual Tone record label, uh, which the Lumineers are on. And in fact, this is only the, I think, third top 40 album for Dual Tone. Hmm. They had two top tens with the Lumineers, obviously. And then uh, there was another one, I think, Shovels and Rope, I believe was the name of the group. Shovels and Twine. I think it's Shovels and Rope. Shovels and Rope. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Katie's like, I think you're making this up. I'm just going to stay silent over here. Um, uh, Elsewhere on the Billboard 200, the Deftones debut at number two with their new album, Gore, because that sounds delightful. Um, (laughs) Sounds about right. It sold, it didn't sell 71,000. It did 71,000 in equivalent album units. And of those, about 69,000 were in traditional album sales. Uh, Interestingly, last week's number one album, Kanye West's The Life of Pablo, uh, falls to number four with about 47,000 in total units. And almost all of those units are from streaming units. Um, so actually have the, I actually have the 
printout of the chart in front of me the with all the math on it. Um, it did 47,000 in total units, 46,000, and I'm rounding to the nearest thousand, 46,000 were in streaming units, which means the other about, oh, a little over a thousand were in pure album sales, which is pretty striking because the album went from selling 28,000 to a little over a thousand in just one week. Wow. Like it fell like 95% in album sales. Well, and there are a few reasons behind that. That's including, correct. I'm going to just go ahead and just I, guess the reasons. You, you might Keith know these actually reasons. knows them. Um, one of them being that the audience at Madison Square Garden collected on their physical albums, correct? Um, yeah, and they weren't physical. They were digital. Oh, digital. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that I think... They collected on their album sales. The, that... the vast majority of those... 28,000 mm-hmm. in its first week came from people that got the the fulfilled digital album from the Yeezy season three uh, Madison Square Garden show and the people that got it from the live stream of the fashion show in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once those are all out the door, there's not going to be a whole lot left to buffer that big second week decline. Right. Um, and we've seen big drop-offs like this before when you have like a really odd circumstance kind of like fluffing up your first week sales Mm -hmm. um for example like when lady gaga had her uh born this way yep 99 cent album Mm -hmm. and it took a huge drop-off in the second week because well obviously it had a really unnatural first week Mm -hmm. um and then you know a lot of people talked about when madonna's um uh, MDNA album, she had uh, bundled it with her tour, and it had a, a really big first week, but then it had a huge drop off in its second week because everyone redeemed the album yeah. the first week yeah. with their concert ticket. So this happens all the time, and there's really you know natural explanations for them. Yeah. But sometimes when you just look at a number and you're like, oh, it falls by a jillion percent you're like well there's a reason behind that math and it actually makes perfect sense it's not like when nobody goes to see a movie in its second weekend it's not like that no bad word of mouth or something it's like people like this album and it's had such a weird untraditional rollout as it is so it's amazing i mean the fact that the, the the album is still in the top four almost exclusively from streams is already impressive yeah yeah and I think it, it really, it, I think it says something for about how, you know, certain, you know, A-list superstar artists can perhaps, you know, move in the sort of pure streams direction. Mm-hmm. Like, if Kanye can pull it off, you know, does that mean that Beyonce might pull it off with her next album? Ooh, to be determined very shortly, perhaps. With this, with this Lemonade project yes. that's materializing this coming weekend from Only Beyonce. Only on HBO. And we don't even know what it is. Yeah. Is it a video? Is it a... It was reported today that it was a long-form video. So, yeah. What, what if it's like... <laughs> what if this Lemonade... And this, this, by the way, I think it's Saturday night on Yeah, HBO? Saturday night on HBO. I want to say 9 p.m. What if it's like a long-form music video where the soundtrack is songs from her album that, like, materializes the same night. Oh, I mean, I, I'm i prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not on call this weekend for Billboard.com, <laughs> which I'm okay with, but I'm prepared for Beyonce definitely releasing the entire album simultaneously with this thing. It would just I make I don't sense. know if that's going to be the case. Yeah, for all we know, Lemonade is the album title, and this whole quote-unquote video is 
all the songs in a single video because she did her last album as a visual yeah. album. Well, what if that means? What if the album actually drops on Friday, the day before this event? Because I that would make more sense. Anything is possible. It's Beyonce. Yeah, I don't Anything's know that possible. HBO would love that though, because then well, fewer people would be, or maybe it'd be promo. I don't know. But they would have the maybe they have the exclusive on the visual. Yeah, maybe HBO is going to launch a streaming service starting Saturday night. Oh my God, so many questions, <laughs> so many things. Uh, um, well, that's the the big news on the Billboard 200 this week. Over on the Billboard Hot 100, Rihanna, uh, who we mentioned earlier as being a special guest at Coachella during Calvin Harris's set, uh, is still number one. Good She's grief. still working it. She's still work, work, work at number one. However, the... Uh, People are for, knocking at her door. Exactly. <laughs> for for the ninth week, by the way, at number one. But there is a track that is uh, knocking at Rihanna's door. <laughs> there is a large bear knocking at her door currently. <laughs> Hello, Rihanna. <laughs> you your bear voice. <laughs> Hi there. Um... Uh, my name is Designer. My name is Panda. My name is Panda. Um, Panda, Panda, Panda <laughs> by Designer uh, jumps from five to two on the Hot 100. And really, the gap between number one and two is pretty small. It's not minuscule small, but considering the gain that Designer had this week and the fact that Rihanna had a, you know, a significant erosion in points, if all things continue the direction they're going designer will be number one next week and then we still have lucas graham hanging there with seven years at number three yeah well unfortunately lucas graham who falls two to three uh with seven years actually declines in points Mm. so uh it wasn't just pushed back his billboard bingo is going in reverse now yeah unfortunately (laughs) oh Um, i mean i'm sure that they're nothing but happy with the performance of that song true (laughs) yeah you know um, they had a top 10 album out of it and a number two hit. But, you know, it always sucks to be the... To ju- not quite get to number The bridesmaid, one. but never yeah. the bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, darn that, Rihanna. Um, <laughs> also, in the top 10, uh, there's some significant gains from Mike Posner. I took a pill in Ibiza. Goes eight to six. Fifth Harmony featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Work from home goes nine to seven. And DNC's Cake by the Ocean still plugging along after... God... 26 weeks on the chart uh, actually goes 12 to 9 and it's up as well. Outside of the top 10, there's some big gains from Drake featuring Wizkid and Kyla. One Dance, which is my new favorite jam. Mm. Uh, It jumps 21 to 13. Um, Big gain after it went wide after it's one week of exclusivity with Apple. Mm -hmm. Um, And from I believe all all indications, Drake's new album is probably going to be It's exclusive. supposed to come out April 29th with Apple Music and yeah. then go wide. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So he had a pop-up store in New York City today, actually, called the Views Pop-Up Store. The album's called Views from the Six. What were they selling at the pop-up store? Well, our reporter, hip-hop writer Adele Platten, she actually went uh, to the store and they were not selling anything. They were giving away T-shirts that oh. said "Views" on it, and that's it. And there was a they gave out a thousand T-shirts, and once they were out of T-shirts, pop-up store closed up shop. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe they were going to like give out like eight-track versions of "Views from the Six Oh my or god, something. like some unplayable format. That... Well, it was all very mysterious, and so fans showed up not knowing if he was going to be there or if they it's were gonna... like a surprise performance. They didn't or... even know. So a T-shirt. Hmm. All right. Well. 
Um, that's the big news on the Hot 100. Uh, so we've covered the Billboard 200. We've covered the Hot 100. Um, if, of course, you have any questions about the charts, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. You know, you should also hit up Gary Trust because he has a, his own podcast that's all about the charts mm-hmm. called Chartbeat with a theme song that he even wrote, which is still crazy to even think of. <laughs> um, now it is time for our first of two guest interviews. Um, the first one is uh, with Nasre Atwe from magic exclamation point i'm not sure that's how you actually say you just say magic you just say magic magic it's magic um magic actually has a brand new single out called lay you down easy features sean paul and it's the first single from their new album primary colors which comes out on july 1st um it's the follow-up to the band's Don't Kill the Magic album, which uh, peaked at number six on the Billboard 200, and of course featured the huge hit Rude, which spent six weeks at number one on the Hot 100 and has sold over three million downloads in America and has been streamed more than 300 million times. Oh, that's all? That's all. <laughs> that's all. Um, so we actually talked about um, how the new single came together, how they wrote it, um, how they got Sean Paul on the record. Um what the vibe of the new album is where it's he described it as kind of 80s inspired where he kind of like was channeling like police ish you know uh and there's still a lot of reggae vibes throughout the album i guess the police connection makes sense then that does make sense um and uh he talked about how there's like some you know some kind of like quiet like uh, introspective ballady moments um, but anyway, he was super excited, and he, and he um, uh, uh, talked a lot about the album and uh, about the new single. So here is our interview with Magic's Nasre Atwe. Check me out, girl. I'm at the magic floor. Check my word. Welcome, Nasri, to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm I'm super stoked to talk to you right now because you have a brand new single that is out, Lay You Down Easy. It's already number one on our reggae digital songs chart, and it's, you know, getting a lot of uh, airplay traction uh, on mainstream top 40 stations and adult top 40 stations. So it must be a very exciting time for you right now with a new single out. Um, can you talk about how the song came together and, and, and you know, how did you get Sean Paul on it? Because it's like such a perfect fit to have him on the, on the track with you guys. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, that's awesome that all this stuff is happening. Um, we're, we're very thankful for that. Um, we were in rehearsal a while ago, just jamming in my house, and uh, we started playing some chords, and the melody kind of shot out of me, you know. It was actually originally called Let You Down Easy, and it was like this kind of breakup song. But I wasn't experiencing that you know, in my life, and it was, like, kind of difficult to tie it together, and I was in New York City with Alex, um, we were, I think we were on tour with Maroon 5 at the time, and, uh, I was walking, we were just walking on, I think we were staying at the Dream Hotel then, so that would be, like, 55th and 7th, something like that, and we were walking around, and he's like, why don't you call it Lay You Down Easy, man, why don't you do it, like, a little more, you know, sensual, sexual, and I'm like, let's give it a shot, um, and then um, we were, we kind of wasn't gluing still, and then we were in Germany, I believe we were in, in Munich, and we were um, backstage, uh, just, he was like, dude, you got to try to make this song work, 
And then I just started singing that verse. And, you know, I know you don't believe me when you say it, do right. Doing this kind of old, like, Marley kind of flirtatious thing. And then the, the song started taking shape, and uh, we started to get a good reaction to it. Um, and then, yeah, I was like, something is missing. I feel like something is missing. And my head was just saying, Sean Paul. You know, I'd always been a big fan of Sean Paul. I love his sense of rhythm and and uh, you know, he's an authentic, credible reggae artist and and so we uh we went for it and, and our management happened to know him and and called him up and said that he was a fan of the band and, and what we were doing and uh and our contribution to reggae. So he was uh he was in and, and then uh he just killed it and we mixed it up and put it out to the world. When was uh when was the first time they actually got to meet Sean Paul? Had you met him before, or was it like the first time you met him was like when he came into the studio? No, actually, uh, first time I met Sean was uh, at the at the video when we shot the video at uh, at Alex's place. It's funny how that works. Like a lot of the times when you have these features, like the first time you actually meet them is like when they show up to the video set. Um, so that is that. It's funny. You know, a lot of fans may not may not understand that's how it works because some of these things are like done in different cities and remotely. But I, when I saw the video, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that they're all actually physically in the same space together, as opposed to him on a green screen in some other like continent. So that's really cool. Yeah. That you guys actually got to hang out. Yeah, we did, and, you know, he actually then invited me to work on his album, so then I, I went and hung out with him, yeah, about a week later and, and started um, contributing to, to his his next uh, project, so it was, we really got along, um, and he's, he, you know, he's genuine, I mean, he, we were, he was actually playing the drums and jamming and, you know, and we were just having fun. And, you know, obviously the, the single is, is from your next album, which, uh, I, we don't, we don't know too much about yet. So this is going to be our opportunity to grill you, <laughs> so to speak. Okay, um, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, the, 20 questions. The, yeah, 20, okay, 20, we only 20. Um, it, so it, can we expect an album out this summer, I, I assume? Yeah, the album's coming out July 1st. Nice. Nice. It's perfect. Yeah. It's summertime. It, it makes sense. Magic and summer go together. Um, what can we say about about the sort of the vibe or the, or the sound of the album? Is it is it sort of thoroughly kind of reggae inspired, or is there kind of you know different sounds that we can expect from it? A lot of different sounds, but definitely you know still got the reggae vibes going. Um, just kind of like with a few of the songs, this kind of '80s thing too. Hmm. That was that we um, started playing with is a song called Gloria, that a song about a, a cheating girl named Gloria, and um, it's a, a, a really fun song, really what, really what, fun song, very catchy. What makes it eighties inspired? Like, is is it just sort of the, the I, just the part, or? yeah, the groove and the, yeah, it's kind of just got this kind of policey, ah. you know, guitar riff and. Um, but then it's kind of got these like kind of like ABBA parts to it. It's kind of like magic meets police and ABBA. That's cool. You know, it's it's it's, it's, yeah, it's very neat, very neat, uh, super catchy. Uh, there's um, a lot of songs, a lot of songs. A song called Red Dress, which is like this kind of modernized kind of '50s reggae ballad, made into like a, like a rhythmic record. You know, it's about a guy saying to a girl, "You take forever to get ready," and then when she comes out. Looking sexy in a red dress, he's like, "How do we get the, that red dress off you?" <laughs> All um, that time you took, never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then there's then there's the more kind of uh, you know honest songs. I'd say the more 
um, autobiographical songs. There's a song called No Regrets. It's a very personal song. It's a ballad. Um, and it's, yeah, it's about a little more of a serious situation about uh, living your life with no regrets and, um, you know, forgiving and letting go of the past. And, uh, and then there's, there's songs like No Sleep. You know, I recently had a baby. I've been... Uh, and so, therefore, you've had no sleep, obviously. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, the day the day of the birth, I wrote a song called No Sleep. Um, and it's just this fun, again, kind of this kind of 80s magic thing with these, like, three-part harmonies and really, really cool stuff. And, you know, the album is fun. There's touching stuff. There's, it's rhythmic. And, um, you know, we're, we're very excited to get it, to get it out there. Does the album have a have a name that we're allowed to say anything yet? Does it have a name? Yes, you know it was difficult to come up with a name because we were still kind of putting the songs together. But one name that really kind of meant something to me is called Primary Colors. So we went Primary so we, Colors. We so we're 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 in. It's called Primary Colors. It kind of was decided about four or five days ago that everybody still loved the name Primary Colors, and um, you know, and that's about you know starting from basics and. You know, even though we had this, you know, big song like Rude and all this stuff goes on, you kind of have to go back to the basics and make sure that, you know, you're, you're mixing the right colors together. Um, and and, and that, that, that was important for us, especially with our sound. You know, I was, I, you know, you bring up, you bring up Rude, and it, it's hard not to bring up Rude just because it was such a huge single for you. And basically it was about, yeah. like, this point a year ago when – you know, it started to really happen, and, you know, m- most people are very familiar with the song. You know, it was such a huge hit. It, it spent six weeks at number one on the Hot 100 chart, sold over three million downloads in America, was streamed more than 300 million times just in the U.S. alone. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it had to have been such an incredible experience to have that kind of success. Is there is there one kind of opportunity or, or thing that came to you because of the success of Rude, you know, over the past year that you were just like, wow, like, you know, this is amazing that yeah. we had this happen. Of course, I'd say there's two, two specific things that changed. Like, one is on the touring side, you know, we got to tour at Maroon 5, which was great, um, which kind of gave us a platform, you know, with all their fans. And, um, the second thing is, for me, on the writing side, is now I was able to get in with artists that I wasn't able to get in with before, because now they saw the success being in a band. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, and that touring with Number 5 led to a whole lot of other touring, and, and now, you know, I started writing a little bit for other people again, and led to some awesome new opportunities. So, yeah, definitely... Uh, you know, rude at, rude at times, people will think, oh, it's this and that, and, you know, is this like a one-hit wonder song? And we don't really process any of that, you know? All we see is a great foundation for a potential, you know, um, opportunity to share more music. And, yeah. you know, we, and so far, nobody is saying, man, you know, we hate Lay You Down Easy. So, fingers crossed that, you know, it just stays positive and, um, and if it doesn't work, then we'll put out the next song, you know? Yeah. That's a very positive way of looking at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, it's not like um, we are. We have worry. It's not like we don't have worry. It's, of course, you know, we're worried a little bit. We 
we're human and we don't nobody wants to fail or, or feel rejected and we love our music um but hey you just got to go out there and have some fun um you know and and this will be the last thing i ask and then i'll let you go because i know you guys are, are actually getting ready for a show tonight but by, by the time people hear this the show will already have happened because they're they're going to they're going to people are going to hear this a few days later um but the last thing i want to ask you is you know when you talked about how now you have more opportunities to write with people is it is it difficult for you to um you know find that balance of of being able to work with you know, outside artists and also, you know, work with the band. And, I, you know, a lot of songwriters, you know, have a way of thinking about how they write songs for others and write songs for themselves, and they, they have a different mentality. Are you able to kind of strike that balance and find the right way to, to go about doing it? You know, it really depends on the artist. You know, if an artist comes in and they have a vision, then I'm I'm happy to be their wingman, you know? Mm-hmm. and to just support their vision. If an artist has no vision and, and needs me and, and ways to be the artist in the room and then they are more of a performer, then then that character is probably a little more similar to, you know, what I do with Magic where I'm, you know, I'm coming up with the vision. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, whichever way you go, you're just trying to write a great song. So... So if you go, if right now I get an opportunity to work with, you know, a hip-hop artist, you know, or a country artist, I'm I'm taking the same approach, you know, which is to fill the room with music that feels good. Yeah. Well, that is a good place, I think, to, to uh, leave. Leave? <laughs> I think it's a good place to leave the interview. And um, I, so I leave really it pre- down easy? Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. See, that will be the remix. That that that's one of the alternate versions that will probably come out in the next few months. You never know; it could happen. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, and um, I hope to see you guys on tour this summer because you guys have some festival dates coming up, and I'm sure there's got to be a lot of tour dates up your sleeve as well. Yeah, yeah. We're we're looking to start touring. Uh, our actual own touring is in the fall, but yeah, we're nice. going to take some spot dates and do some festivals and. You know, whatever we can get a hold of until we uh, we do our our own tours. And uh, yeah, we're very excited about that because this would be our first real American tour. Nice. Well, um, have a great show tonight, and um, thank, thank you so you. much for doing this. All right? Take care. Thanks again to Nasri Atwe for calling in and chatting with me. It was lovely. And uh, everyone, uh, make sure to check out their new single, Lay You Down Easy, and the new album, Primary Colors, which comes out on July 1st. Yeah, don't be rude. Don't be rude. Don't be rude, Katie. (laughs) You punny girl, Uh. you. Um, Well, you know, it's now time for our second interview um and it's weird because it's an interview with the former (laughs) co-host of the show it's all full circle full Full circle circle moments you know it would have been more full circle if you had actually been here i know i i can't believe that i was in new york where jason is based when (laughs) he was in la where i am based um yeah but you know we switched spots for uh, a little bit and you got to reap the benefits yeah so um jason uh was here as we mentioned earlier in the show to see the first weekend of coachella so we thought um, it'd be cool if we had him on the show to talk about Coachella and also just summer music festivals in general. So when we recorded this, it was actually last Wednesday, and we were just sort of kind of looking at 
Coachella, uh, both in the rear view and also what we can sort of expect from summer music festivals this summer and also why Coachella is important and why it has become so popular and how it became like a destination uh, for artists. And, and, you know, we were trying to determine like when it became like the A-list thing. Like, and so it's, it's, it's interesting. We talk about it. We actually talk a lot. Uh, (laughs) If you've ever heard Jason and I ramble, um, Katie and I have a nice uh, family tree of rambling. It goes directly (laughs) back to Jason and me. Um, so, um, that, all that said, um, here's Jason and I, uh, gabbing about summer music festivals and, uh, much more. Welcome back to the Pop Shop Podcast, Jason Legends! What's up, man? What's up, man? I'm here. Oh my god! Pop shopping again. It's it's like the the OG pop shoppers. It's unbelievable. It's I'm, a, I'm looking. Whoa! We got to do some soon to be hits, some charts out of the week. Let's do it, man. Let's do it all. The soon to be hits is uh, vaporized from the show. Oh really? I know. I haven't heard it the past couple. I think we go like, oh really? I'm like, you haven't listened to the no, show? No, I actually have. But the thing is, I missed a couple, and I was like, maybe there was maybe. some soon to be hits. Funny people have actually tweeted and said, oh, see you guys should do soon to be hits you people love the soon to be hits i've got enough on my plate already with this show man <laughs> since you just you know left me holding the bag and katie can i just say before so i'm um, first of all i'm very happy to be here and we're sorry that katie's not here because katie's actually in I'm new york while jc's here in la i know yeah. little switcheroo it's like yeah. freaky friday uh but what i will say is first of all thank you for having me uh i'm very happy to be back thank you for creating the pop shop podcast <laughs> you're welcome uh i want to just say that uh as your listeners know you guys have been killing it though i really do listen like most weeks uh, i can't say i've listened every single week but i really do listen most weeks and like the music drops and the chart news and and interviews and i i just i love it it, it Katie's been doing awesome. You've been killing it, pop shopping it up. Uh, so well, thank you, Jason. I love it, man. Thank I love you. it. Well, we wouldn't be here without you as the flagship podcast of Billboard. <laughs> we and 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 actually, Billboard has a bunch of other podcasts I know, now. Man. Like, I mean, seriously, They're like multiplying. Yeah, like we have. Um, there's a new Soul Sisters podcast. Soul Sisters. Gary Trust has I his know, own podcast Chartbeat. now. So here's my question. I listened to Gary's Chartbeat mm-hmm. podcast. And he has like a theme song. Yeah, he wrote it. So why when when is Pop Shop getting a theme song? I don't know. Like I, ca- like you and Katie can like duet. We can, well, we can we can finally make pop that dream come true. Shop. Yeah, the, the Pop Shop. Yeah, nothing but Pop Shop. <laughs> you know, Katie actually can sing. Can she? Yes, that's cool. She she doesn't really like to bring bring her voice out much on the show, but she does sing. All right, she's All right. like actually trained. Katie's going to listen to this and and realize that she has to create a Pop Shop podcast theme song, and, and then we can I'm sell it. Stoked and talk like, about how it charted, and we can talk about how it charted. <laughs> um, so we've devised a a creative excuse to have Jason back on the show. Um, Jason's actually here. We're recording this on the uh, Wednesday before the first weekend of Coachella. Yes, and Jason's in town to see the first weekend of I am Coachella. Indeed. Um, which starts uh, on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Two weekends, uh, same lineup, both weekends, correct? Yes. Um, like same set times, the whole shebang. The set times might switch around a little oh, really? bit, but yeah, same same performers. So like if you see uh, Guns N' Roses is the big headliner at yep. the show. Are they playing Saturday? Yes. Saturday. So like 
you know, if you saw them on the first weekend on Saturday, they will be playing the second weekend at the same time unless they're doing their thing unless something happens terribly between weekend one and two basically the the one memorable like set time change is in 2013 i think the the friday night headliners were blur and then stone roses like capped off the Uh main stage and not many people were at the stone roses show so the second weekend they were like let's have blur be the be the final act on the main stage and it was like ah i remember we we actually had a conversation about this i think on the pop shop Mm -hmm. and I think that was when you were actually here in the office and you and Ty Comer were here. Yes. And talking about outcasts. I think my, my response was stone roses. Like, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Of, well, that, uh, that makes, that is a great segue into LCD sound system. Now, as as someone they're not like, playing this year so they're headlining this year oh they, they are yeah they are <laughs> so i was focused on the guns and roses uh <laughs> okay so what's interesting to me is that like so i'm as like a big like college like when i was in college like paid attention to pitchfork a lot like was big into like indie rock and indie dance and whatnot so i know like a, a good amount about lcd sound system despite not being a huge lcd sound system fan mm. when i heard that they were reuniting i was and the coachella lineup came out i was really surprised that they were headlining i was like oh like they don't really have any hits they've only been broken up for five years i'm kind of surprised they're headlining but at the same time coachella indie cred whatever LCD Sound System's headlining like a lot of festivals this year. Uh, Bonnaroo, great La- booking agent. Yeah, Lollapalooza, yeah. Panorama, Outside Lands, and there's a couple I'm forgetting. But like, so they're this year's Outcast, except so, without all the hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what what is your impression of that? I'm just curious as um, someone who's not an LCD fan. I know one LCD Sound System song, okay. which is Daft Punk is playing at my great house. Great song, great song. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's all I know. I just feel like I and I'm not like a hermit. I mean, I'm aware of You're music. You're the pop shopper. I yeah, well, I, I they have a a a a I would imagine a very limited pop mainstream footprint. Yeah. But clearly they must be very beloved in a sort of a very specific demographic and age range that is the sweet spot for festivals this year. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. It just it struck not. me as very it struck <laughs> me as very weird because it, it like on the one hand them coming back is a big deal to a a, a to lot who? of people. To like who? New York hipsters who are traveling to Coachella, aka me. So so, like, so about 5,000 people <laughs> maybe. So again, like <laughs> I because of that Coachella cool factor the fact that like Phoenix headline the fact that the Stone Roses headline the booking makes sense to me I don't understand LCD sound system headlining something like Bonnaroo where it's Mm. like they're gonna play the night that's not Pearl Jam or Dead in Company and I don't know who's gonna be watching them I really don't so is LCD sound system at Coachella are they Sunday night they are Friday night oh well yeah Hmm. There must be a method to the madness about, you know, why they book certain acts at certain times and who they book. And and, and the other the third headliner at Coachella, aside from Calvin, Roses, Calvin Harris, which is Sunday, Sunday, which is a big deal because this is the first EDM headliner of Coachella. Although that's kind of faulty because Swedish House Mafia, they like weren't official headliners, but they closed out the maid stage on in 2012 hmm. so i wonder if calvin harris will actually sing this time live he did he, he generally no. i don't think he actually has sang live and even though he can yeah 
You'll be come, there to find come out. On, come on, Calvin. Come on, Calvin. Let's go. Maybe Taylor will show up. Oh, that'd be cool. By the time you hear this, maybe Taylor Swift will show up on the Coachella stage. Fingers crossed for Rita Ora with I Will Never Let You Down. Let's do it. Really? Are your fingers crossed for that? Fingers are literally crossed right now for Rita. Um, literally, they were. They were briefly <laughs> crossed. Fingers um, crossed for Rita Ora. But I... Uh, it, and that's no slight uh, to LCD sound system. It's just kind of a curious thing to me. Maybe Rita Ora festival. will show up with LCD sound system. I hope so. That'd be cool. Rita Ora is playing at my house, my house. Um, or Daft anyway. Punk actually shows up with LCD sound system. It brings the yeah. pyramid stage back. That'd be pretty surprising. Yeah, that would be very surprising. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to happen. Um, why uh, Why is Coachella, like, when do, you, when do you think Coachella became Coachella? Like, I'd, huge. I think that when they started booking headliners that no one else could get, I think that's when it really became Coachella, which is something that, first of all, it's it's Coachella in the sense that it's like the go-to festival in terms of coolness, in terms of celebrities going. It's also the first like big one that's, of the season. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is because every, you, know, you, you hibernate for a few months and nothing really is going on in terms of live music gatherings you have like jingle ball in december but there's nothing really and you have ultra music in february obviously you have like the grammys and stuff but in terms of like a festival in terms of a live music experience you don't you have a couple months off and then coachella comes roaring back and you have a lot of bands that are eager to play new music or put on new albums what, what was there like one act that you can remember it doesn't have to be like the first one but was there an act that you remember that was like wow that's a coup that like i think and this was before i started going to coachella but i think prince playing coachella was a big deal and madonna playing uh the dance, on the tent. dance tent yeah that I, was like 2006 yeah, i guess I and she six. wasn't even the headliner yeah it was just like you know she you know was helicoptered in for like you know six songs yeah i i remember like i said being in college and or either high school or oh six i guess i was a senior in high school uh and my reading god about, yeah, you're just a wee little baby <laughs> and reading about Madonna at Coachella and again I was I wasn't paying as close attention to it and just thinking like wow Madonna like appeared in the dance tent of this festival like that's pretty like surprising. All, like the dance tent yeah like that's like that's kind of cool yeah um was it do you think it was like a, a good thing that Coachella expanded to two weekends yeah I think so I mean it sells out both weekends yeah I think so I it, more than anything, I, I would just call it an impressive thing, just because. Yeah. I because mean, we can. No, but just it, it's crazy that the the all the acts go back for week two. They like, must be paid a lot of money. It really must be because <laughs> I remember the first year they did that was 2013, I think, and yeah, it was 2013 or 2012. That was around there somewhere. And I remember the the rumor being like Coachella expanding to two weekends. And I literally was, I was totally wrong. I was just like, there's no way they can pull that off. They'll have to like adjust the lineup in weekend two. Some of the big acts won't be there. And then all the acts came back and they do it, do it year after year. Like just a really impressive thing. And just from a fan standpoint, from a, like a user experience standpoint that like weekend one sells out in minutes. Right. So to have a weekend two, if you don't care about like, ooh, the press is there for weekend one, ooh, the celebrities are there, and you just are like, hey, I really want to see Guns N' Roses at Coachella, go to weekend two. Like, it, it's cool to have that option. Yeah. Um, 
Well, as we said, Coachella sort of kicks off the the entire summer festival season. Um, it is one of, I mean, jillions, jillions, jillions. Because I, I just did like a casual search of you know summer music festivals. Yeah, and there's like entire websites devoted to it, and like you know just chronicling all of the festivals that start in earnest this month and are happening daily. I mean, yeah. And I, I was reading so about many. one at the name of which escapes me, but it was on like a mountain in Austria where nice. I think the prodigy and like Bastille were playing at like a mountaintop ski resort. <laughs> I think that's my festival. That's my dream festival. I, I mean, I saw a picture. I'm like, wow, it's all these people just like lounging around in the snow, like hanging out. Um, it, what would be like a couple, not ranked or anything, but like what would be a couple of the really big festivals that are like the ones that people should be looking out for this year? And, you know, I'm not looking for oh, the number one and the number two. Don't worry. I'm not grilling you. Yeah. It's very relaxed. Well, I think that it's it's all about what you want, like f- for people listening to this, what they want in a festival. If they want to see like the big, big, big festival and see like the huge headliners and have like a full weekend of music like Lollapalooza, Firefly, Outside Lands, Bonnaroo. Right. I, my my personal favorite, I, I love going to Bonnaroo. They have a great lineup every year. I love the late night stuff, the Super Jams, etc. Super Jams? Yeah, the Super Jams. Have we never talked about the Super Jams? No, I'm, I'm imagining this is like people like up all night jamming away at like three in the morning. Like... No, it's it's mostly. <laughs> no, no, they're just people. It's, it's like not... people making like Smucker's jam. Yeah, and it's jelly. not. It's not as like hippie tie dyes. I was just thinking like say. Dead and Company, Grateful Dead type stuff. No, so the Super Jam is basically curated by a different artist every year. Oh. Uh, as a as a jam session basically and it, it it and it changes changes with the different permutations of the artists that they get 2012 uh Questlove had a super jam and he brought out D'Angelo for his first performance in like a decade oh. and they did a bunch of soul covers like and that was incredible 2 years ago Skrillex had a super jam and brought out like Lauren Hill and the dude from The Doors and the dude from Cage the Elephant and like again just like it, there's some like of the artist music but it's it's mostly like riffing and covers. Well, it's also and, like a once like, a once in a lifetime exactly. experience. Yeah, so that's really cool. And I like I remember staying up till 4:30 watching this real like Super Jam and being like I'm so tired and I have to write about this. But this is great, and I can't miss it. So it's it's a it's a very fun experience. Like I'm so tired, but I'm frantically taking notes at the same time. <laughs> I really was. But but anyway, to go back to my point, if you want to go to those, uh, that's that's awesome. Like go to a huge festival. I have a blast at them. I'm excited to see Radiohead personally. Like they're playing Lollapalooza and Outside Lands, so I'm hoping to get to one of those. But in terms of like this year, I feel like the smaller festivals have really distinguished themselves smaller meaning like one day festival sort of things or like well, smaller like more intimate where it's not like this gargantuan three-day festival where you're camping in the middle yeah, of nowhere a little bit of both where i mean i always go to pitchfork fest in chicago and i think they always have a, a really killer lineup this year you have jeremiah and brian wilson and sufjan stevens and carly ray jepson it's a very it's a very eclectic mix it's not like the guns and roses calvin harris Coachella type thing. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, uh, next next tier acts, yeah. like boutique acts 
boutique acts. I don't know why I said it like that, but like a more, like a, a, you know, a, a, a more sort of like intimate curated experience. Exactly. Not that Coachella isn't curated. Yeah, it's it kind of gives the main stage up to artists that would get drowned out at one of the major festivals. Certainly, I think one of the big festivals that people here at Billboard are looking forward to would be the Billboard Hot 100 yeah. Festival. <laughs> you no, you didn't go to last year's, did you? No, I didn't go last year. I had a blast year. last year. Little Mix was there. It was yeah. great. What, your faves? My faves, Little Mix. Your faves, Little Mix. Um, but <laughs> other, it, some yes, other, Billboard uh, Hot 100 Fest is coming up later this summer, too. It's usually, I think, it, I want to say it's August or September. I, I should know that off the top of my head, I but I don't. I hope I get invited. Um, I don't Fingers know. Crossed. You don't work here anymore. <laughs> no, so exactly. you can apply for credentials. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can accommodate you. Thanks, man. Um, uh, but but uh, anyway, just, just quickly, I want to add, um, the Roots Picnic has a really great lineup this year. That's, that's a one-day festival. But again, like a little bit of a, a mix on... Um, a little bit of a little mix? A little bit of a little mix on... Little mix won't be there, but they, they always have a cool lineup, and this year is especially fun. You have... Uh, Usher performing with the Roots as his backing band. You have Leon Bridges, Future, and uh, um, where do they do this at? That's in Philly. That's at Festival Pier. Is it literally Philly. a picnic, like a one-day picnic sort of thing? Like, are there like picnic-type vendors? Yes, like selling like you know like fried yeah. chicken and like coleslaw. And, yeah, like, I don't think they actually things. have like picnic. I think I guess they have picnic tables, but picnic tables like buy a picnic basket. Yeah, I, I think this is actually the tenth year. I think it's like false advertising. If it's like a picnic, <laughs> then there's no actual picnicking. Is it like you know you can like put like a blanket out on like an open air field yes, sort of thing you and can you that. can picnic? Exactly. <laughs> like I like the picnic hand motions. I'm making picnic made. hand motions. I'm all about the picnic thing. That the Hollywood Bowl is here in Los Angeles, and you you picnic before the show. Um, and then the other one I want to mention is uh, Essence Fest. Is always uh, I've I've never been, but they always have such a cool lineup for R and B fans. You have everyone there from Mariah Carey this year to Maxwell to New Edition's going to be there. So New Edition, yeah. So that that's always fun too. Yeah, it it kind of depends on what you're looking for because there there's a lot of like sameness when it comes to the big big festivals it's like i think like anderson pock and the and and his band are playing like 12 festivals so you, if you want to see them like go to any major festival but well, was it was, was last year outcast here or was that the year before that was two years ago so like two years ago when outcast played festivals they played basically every significant yeah. festival and it was almost like it was like their tour yeah like they didn't need to go on a tour tour they just played exactly. every festival show possible and last year was florence and the sheen they were at every single festival <laughs> it, or at least it, se- it seemed like it um you mentioned uh, new edition Yes. Playing the Essence Fest. What's your favorite new edition song? Ooh. By the way, we have no script. Uh, we were just riffing the entire time. Though I did give Jason some sort of preface that I, you know, would be talking about stuff. Um, I gave you about 10 seconds there of filler. So now you can I gotta tell say, me. no, I'm thinking. I, I Candy, I guess? Candy Girl? Candy Girl. You're like Candy, I guess. My Candy Girl. Yeah. You know. Candy Girl? Is it really no. called? I always thought it was called Candy. No, I'm pretty sure it's Candy Girl. Uh, well, I I defer to you, Chart Expert. But uh, uh, okay. What's your What's your favorite new edition? I, I think my favorite is probably If It Isn't Love. Okay. If it isn't love, why do I feel this way? That's the the in the video, the choreography. Beyonce lifted the entire vibe of the video and the choreography for I think one of her videos from Four. Oh, really? I uh, was not aware. It was like her and the dancers behind the microphones, and they do the, you know, that dance routine. Oh, is it Love Countdown? on Top? Love on Top. Yeah. Yeah. Love on Top liberally riffs if off of If It Isn't Love's that. video. 
This is why this is why I come to pop this is, shop. Man. This is uh, where you get your, your pop <laughs> shop goodness and and a, a, a lesson in pop history. Well, cool, man. From me. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you, uh, Jason, for coming back to the show. Thanks, man. Thank you for creating the show. <laughs> we created the show. Why do you? We, this was our show. You created the show, and then you you called me and was like, "Hey, so we're gonna do this thing. Can you be on it?" I'm like, okay. <laughs> and that's what happened. More credit, man. You were there from day one. I, I mean, yes, I was. Yeah. Never listen to our first show. Just don't. Do you know I? Yeah, I've never listened to it. I thought about it, and then I was like, "No, I can't do it." <laughs> we don't. We don't sound like normal people. It, uh, it just doesn't sound right. Yeah, but look how far we've come. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, you guys are you guys are killing it. I I talk to uh, my Billboard fam like every day, and uh, you guys are all killing it. And I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep like I. I hope I can keep like dropping by when I'm in LA and and yeah. uh, get on with Katie because I'm sad Katie's not here. Yeah, no. Under normal circumstances, you would be here with with Katie. Um, uh, but she's not here. Drat. Yeah. But uh, next time you come through, uh, we can hang out and have you back on the show and talk more pop. Yeah. We can talk some pop chat. We can talk some pop shop. Yeah. We can have a pop shop, <laughs> pop chat crossover like it's TGI Friday on yeah. ABC. Yeah, oh, you should come on pop chat and then worlds collide. It's a crossover episode. Yeah. You, you, the only way you can get the second half of the conversation is if you tune oh. in to the other oh, episode. It's like a title exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> we we started. We'll get, we, this, we'll get Pop Shop on Apple Music and Pop Chat on Tidal. We oh yeah, we start we started on a we started on Pop Shop on Tuesday, and we say ah oh, for the second half of our conversation, tune into the Pop Chat on Friday. How will this <laughs> and everyone, end? And everyone would be like, no, stop. <laughs> um, all right, um, that's it, I guess. Uh, cool, man. Uh, <laughs> thank you again. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Thanks again, Jason. Yay. Come back anytime, preferably when Katie's here. Right. Or maybe we can all go to New York together. Let's. We could do an on-location pop shop. You know, Jason has his own uh, podcast now for Fuse. Indeed. Uh, it's called uh, Pop Chat. Indeed. Funny enough. <laughs> that that name sounds familiar. Um, he has his own podcast. I believe it's published every Friday on uh, Fuse's website. Um, and he has special guests every week. And, and if you enjoyed the format of the pop shop, You'll probably enjoy the pop chat because pop shop came from Jason. There's always room for more pop podcasts. There's never enough pop in this world. Indeed. Um, it is now time for our chart stat of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I don't know what that was, but that's hilarious. Maybe only hilarious to me. Um, This week... 30 years ago, Prince hit number one with Kiss. Kiss. Um, on April 19th, 1986, Kiss hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It spent two weeks at number one. And it, this is now really an excuse for me to quiz Katie. Oh, no. Surprise! <laughs> it's quiz Katie It doesn't time. even say quiz Katie on my sheet. I had no idea. Prince has had five number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. I've given you one of them. Okay. Kiss. Can you name the other four? Doo-doo-doo. All right. I'm um, going to start with When Doves Cry. That's correct. You've okay. gotten two out of the five. Um, Purple Rain? Nope. That one's number two. Um... Raspberry Beret. Number two. Yeah. Um, 
Little Red Corvette? Nope, number six. <laughs> um, uh, Party Like It's 1999? Is that called just 1999? Number 12. Man, now I'm just getting worse and worse. Um, Go back to the Purple Rain album. <laughs> um, I've never seen Purple Rain. We'll start with that, which just seems like a travesty. Um, oh, no. What's that now? Oh, no. No, you're, this is not going anywhere. Let's go crazy. Oh, let's go crazy. I love that song. And yet I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> um, You've never seen Purple Rain. Never. It's really not that good of a movie. I mean, it's a great concert film, but, you know, there's there's some flaws with it. What am I missing? I'm missing a lot. You're missing two number ones. Um, I'll, tell, I'll give you a hint. One is from 1989 from a huge movie. Where, that he did the soundtrack for it. <laughs> I don't know. We've come to a real blind spot. Um, I thought I got my very first guess right and then nothing else. <laughs> this this movie actually kind of set off an entire incredibly popular franchise. Was it Batman? Yeah, Bat Dance. Bat Dance. A song that Prince is so proud of, he's never put on any of his greatest hits yep. albums since. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> Um, and then his last number one, or at least so far, was in 1991. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to see if you can guess it. Was he the performer or the writer of it? He perf- no, print. He performed it. I He's- was going to just ask if it was nothing compares to you. Oh, no, I wasn't counting that. Okay. Um, uh, then I don't know. Cream. Oh, yeah. I know that song. Yeah. Um, that was from, I believe, the Diamonds and Pearls album. Which is actually a pretty good album. It's it's an album that has that hologram on the cover, like him and Diamond and Pearl, mm-hmm. the two like prince proteges at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's your uh, chart yeah, side of the week. Did really well at that. Thirty years ago this week, Kiss hit number one <laughs> on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Well, there you have it. Uh, it's an especially long episode because. Uh, well, you know, after last week's show, which was super short, yeah. we thought we would overwhelm you with just endless amounts of content this week. Well, you have me and Jason in the same episode. And Nazari is also chatty. So yeah. we're all chatty together. There's a lot of chattiness happening. <laughs> um, what song should we go out on? Ooh, well, it feels like we should do a Prince song. Oh, okay. All that conversation about Prince. Um, one of my absolute favorite Prince songs is You Got the Look. Done. Done? Yeah. Yay! I mean, or bat dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got the look. We could, do, we could do bat dance. <laughs> that was a number one. We'll go. It was a number one. Prince can try to ignore it, but Pop Shop is yeah, going to remember we it forever. <laughs> it's, it, was, it will always remain a number one hit and our outro song today. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Go, go with the